The Minnesota Wild had a lead in the final minute of the third period, but the Buffalo Sabres had other ideas. It's Dylan Cousins that gets the game-winning goal. It was initially credited to Jordan Greenway, but the Buffalo Sabres pick up the win in overtime, and the Wild only get one point here today at the X. we got a lot to discuss. Another solid effort for the new-look top line. Declan Chisholm looked really good in his debut here today. We'll talk about how to lose a game in 40 seconds, all on today's Locked on Wild postcast. Let's get things fired up. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Minnesota on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Minnesota Wild fall 3-2 to two in overtime here tonight. Today, tonight, to the Buffalo Sabres. The the 4 p.m. start throws me because I don't know whether to consider that an evening game or an afternoon game. It's kind of both. But main point is the Wilds lose here today by a score of 3-2. to two. They do pick up one point, but an opportunity with the uh, all the other teams that the Wilds are currently battling it out with for that final wild card spot in the West. Pretty much all of those teams picking up L's here today as well, uh, except for the Nashville Predators, who ended up lo- uh, beating the St. Louis Blues. So we'll talk about the uh, Western Conference playoff picture. Calgary Flames got rocked again, so it looks like they are they're in a bad spot. Um, but some some intriguing things, some encouraging things in this one today. So it's not going to be all doom and gloom here uh, in today's postcast, but you got to figure out a way to come away with the win in this one. And the theme of 40 seconds rang pretty huge in this game. The Sabres scored the first goal of the game 40 seconds into the third period on a turnover that allowed Casey Middlestat to enter the offensive zone and uh, get one past Philip Gustafson. The uh, game tying goal with 40 seconds left. Um, And it's the thing I think that is the problem on that game tying goal is that you have both Jordan Greenway and Dylan cousins right in front of Philip Gustafson. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can slice up that goal, whether it be that's one that Philip Gustafson just has to find a way to squeeze that's probably where I'm at the most, but let's also not let the uh, defense off the hook for allowing both Greenway and Cousins to occupy the entirety of that net front area. That was, I think, a uh, that was that was not great. And then in overtime, right as I tweeted about it, I said I I love the fact that we get to see. Matt Boldy, Brock Faber, and Marco Rossi is the uh, second overtime pairing. And then Buffalo scores the game winner. So it's this one I would categorize under the deflating department because you have that game wrapped up. We're talking about how the big takeaway here is that Declan Chisholm looked pretty darn good and you were able to do just enough against a pretty good goalie in Uko Pekalukkanen um, let's, I mean, 
Lukanen was was great here again today, but this game through the first through the middle periods just had kind of a sleepy vibe to it as both goalies just got lulled in and um kind of just were exchanging saves. And then all of a sudden all the offense happened in that third period. So um I want to start with Chisholm. I, I loved what he brought to this team here um tonight. Number one, he's a rocket of a shot. That was a uh, nifty move by him at the top of the zone after Marco Rossi won the faceoff. Marcus Johansson able to push the puck out to the top of the zone, and Chisholm just happy Gilmore's it uh, past Lukanen for the go-ahead goal. So that was great. I, I just like that Chisholm is somebody that, even if it's something as simple as there was one play early on in the game in which it was kind of one of those 50-50 pucks and all he did was just he stepped up. He made the decision to step up and play the puck as opposed to kind of waiting to see what happens. And I think we have so much of that that happens with that third pairing is you've got guys that are just kind of waiting to see what happens. The fact that he just stepped up and committed to making some sort of a play, I think is something that uh, that the team can work with. And offensively, he helped push the puck certainly a ton. He looks comfortable on that second power play. And so for a guy who had not played in an NHL game in two and a half months, he, he looked pretty good uh, for the wild here in this one tonight. And not only Chisholm, but a highlight reel goal for that um, that top line again, Kaprizov, Boldy, and Eric Sinek. Uh, Boldy starts with it in the defensive zone. He is able to rifle a pass up the ice, almost two-thirds of the ice, up to Kirill Kaprizov, who blasts towards, uh, towards Lukanen. And it was kind of a – it was in between a pass and a shot. He just leaves it on a tee. Lukanen sprawled out because he thought Kaprizov was going to like full bore shoot it. So Kaprizov leaves it on a tee, and Erickson X able to just bury it past, um, past Lukanen for the goal. Uh, that was great, and that combination continues to really just cause problems. They they didn't beyond that goal. They didn't generate a ton. Um, in the scoring department, they had some great shot opportunities. I think the main thing is that they just continue to cause problems for the opponents. Like you, you talk about the definition of a top line being one that you really have to keep an eye on and really have to combat against. And they do that. The problem was, is just the, the rest of the lineup was kind of, kind of there and John Hines made some changes at the center positions. He moved Hartman down to the fourth line um, and moved Connor Dewar up to the third line to try to just give that speed component with Duhame and Dewar and Goudreau. Um, I don't know. It just the, the rest of the lineup was kind of just there in this one today. And we've talked about it. Um, throughout the course of this season is that you, you can't just put it all on one line. 
So we continue to see that combination of Rossi, Goudreau, and Johansson. I just wonder if we can't try something a little different to uh, to try to spring those guys. Because beyond your top line, there were certainly opportunities, but just weren't consistent opportunities in this one. And the other thing that was just kind of annoying in this game was the amount of just th- there were a ton of passes just to nowhere throughout the course of this game. And you just you can't play that free and loose with the puck expecting that one of your teammates is going to be able to go get it because this Buffalo team has more than a little bit of speed. And by and large, in the instances in which the puck was just dropped to the middle of the zone or kind of casually tossed up the boards, Buffalo was the team that got there first. And so I don't know if it was just as simple as kind of looking ahead to Monday's game against the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if there was a little bit of that in this game, the trap game uh, factor, but it just it seemed like one that the Wild had wrapped up until they didn't. And not being able to get the puck out of the zone in the uh, final minutes uh, led to Buffalo getting the opportunity they needed to tie it. And then a little bit of a uh, bad shift in overtime. That's all Buffalo needed to take advantage of to uh, to win this game. So you you get a point, and I think, you know, ultimately you are still in a position to where you're one of the two teams in front that are uh, trying to catch the St. Louis Blues. So you vaulted from, like, the fifth team in line trying to catch the uh, the St. Louis Blues to now you're in second. But it's still, it's just one of those that you got to come away with as many points as you can. And this just feels like a game that you should have found a way to, uh, to be able to close. So that's kind of my 10 cents on this game. Um, we, of course, will take all of your questions as we further uh, digest this game at the XL Energy Center. Minnesota Wild again losing by a score of three to two in overtime in this one, which snaps a uh, a four game lo- winning streak for the uh, the Minnesota Wild. And so uh, now we're kind of back to back to square one with a big week on the way. We'll talk about all that. We'll take a look at the Western Conference playoff picture, see who did what today, and uh, where that leaves everything. And uh, yeah, just just feels like it should have been two points. So we'll uh, continue our postcast by taking your questions, your comments. We'll uh, get your reaction to this one as the uh, Minnesota Wilds fall by a score of three to two in overtime. More of our Locked on Wild postcast coming up after this. Today's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 
And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know better, someone better, in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big, ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the Couples and Family Online Seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code Locked On. Again, that's discount code Locked On for 25% off for the rest of the month at CaminoConsulting.ca or mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. That's CaminoConsulting.ca, CaminoConsulting.ca. The Minnesota Wild lose 3-2 to two in overtime to the Buffalo Sabres, and we will take your comments here as we move through the rest of tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Uh, we'll start with Dougie, who notes that uh, Declan Chisholm looked pretty good, and I could not agree more. For a guy who hasn't played in two and a half months and is still, at 24, he's still relatively young, there were some moments tonight where you could tell he was just kind of trying to to feel out where his teammates would be and wanted to, I think, give a good impression. But you just you see some of the in- instincts offensively, the things that he can bring to the table and the fact that, like Brock Faber, he just seems really comfortable uh, manning the uh, the top of that power play unit. So I think for the rest of the season... I think you've got your two power play quarterbacks, and I think you feel pretty good about that. Um, the thing that I noted, uh, he's got a rocket of a shot. So that's something you like to have from the top because the harder the shot comes in from there, the more likelihood that a goalie is going to have a tough time with it straight up or that it's going to get deflected or it's going to hit hard and carry him away that your goalie's not expecting. So I think I saw enough from Chisholm that I just would like to, regardless of who ends up being that other defenseman on the third pair, would just love to see him get as many of these final 28 games as possible. Because with the fact that Chisholm is a restricted free agent after the season, if you find lightning in a bottle here, you can throw him into the mix next season and beyond. Uh, and can try to get a little younger and a little more skill on that blue line. So give him the opportunity to really see what he's got and uh, prosper. Honestly, that's that's as simple as as simple as I think this needs to be. Will joining us tonight, Freddie with three shots, 
certainly starting to uh, to heat up. Yeah, it was. It, it's interesting because I had a few people on Twitter that were um, debating this very thing, and I, I find it ironic that the most common refrain that's thrown out there in regards to Goudreau's extension is, "Well, who are you gonna who are you gonna find for two point one million dollars?" that can come in and do the same things that he does. The AAV is really not the issue for me. The issue is the five years and the 15 teams that you can't trade him to. And the fact, I think, that unless Goudreau is dealing with a major injury this year, he was, I think at least in part, benefiting from the guys that he was on a line with, which led to him being able to um, put up these high point totals, 44 points two seasons ago, 38 last year with 19 goals. So I think we're seeing that some of his production that he was rewarded for with the five-year extension was a byproduct of the other players that he was with. And when you put him into a spot in which he is more of a natural fit, which is bottom six, the guys that he has on his line are not nearly as skilled. And as a result, his production has uh, certainly plummeted. But, you know, it just lines two, three, and four today, I think just looked like a bunch of pieces out there. And I think that is what prompted John Hines to try to make some changes just to see if you can get a better look out of any one of those combos. Just a bunch of pieces out there. There weren't really any lines in particular that um, besides line one, there just weren't really any other lines out there that um, did much consistently. Gus didn't disappoint. He maintained his three-goal Gus title. Yeah, thanks to that. Uh, thanks to that forty seconds left in the game, game tying goal by the Sabers. Which again, you just you just have to squeeze that one. You just you got to squeeze that goal, and I know he pretty much did, but. You just, you got to find a way to squeeze that one and not let this game go to overtime. And this has been, this has been the Philip Gustafson experience all season is that there have been closer to one to two goals every game where you're like, those are iffy. Those are goals that a goalie should save. Whereas last year when he was, you know, a guy that we thought should have been in the Vesna conversation, it was between zero and one. So it just seems like there's been, you know, one or two goals per game that you look at and you're like, yikes. But again, I want to make sure that we toss a little blame on the defense at the end of the game as well, because it was Dylan Cousins and Jordan Greenway that were right in front of Philip Gustafson and there was nobody else in that area. Like you got to, you got to protect the front of the net, fellas, so that uh, we don't get to the point in which 
the Sabres are in position to tie the score. So there's there's blame on both sides, probably equal blame, but um, it just feels like when you just you have to find a way to squeeze. Dan joining us today. Greenway equalizer with under a minute left. Losing an OT after Boldy loses a puck battle along the wall. Playoff team finds a way to win that game. That's that is very astute, very accurate. And this is just a continued theme for this team is that they get a little momentum going three or four wins in a row. And then all of a sudden you find a way to squander it. And in this case, to not get both points when, as we'll talk about next, every other team that you're in contention with did not look particularly good here today. And so it's, I'm, I'm putting it in the, in the deflating column because you are essentially to the point that the game should be over and then all of a sudden it isn't uh adam the wild might be a playoff team by default who else is going to take that eighth seed yeah the contenders for the eighth spot in the west are really starting to show their their true selves uh so st louis lost to nashville today And so they have 60 points in 54 games. The Predators, with 55 games, they got to 58 points. But they're 3-6-1 and in their last 10 games. They've got a negative 12 goal differential, just like the Minnesota Wilds. The Wild are at 56 points in 54 games. Seattle also is at 56 points. The Wild are 7-2-1 in their last 10. Seattle is 4-5-1. And then Calgary now has lost three in a row. They're four and six. Arizona's lost eight in a row. And so I think I think Calgary is probably the cutoff. But honestly, the Flames now are trending towards probably being sellers too. So are you are you going to go through the rest of the season with the Kraken, the Wild, and the Predators duking it out for that uh, final spot with the St. Louis Blues and the Kings have won a couple of games in a row, but let's keep in mind that they're still in a pretty massive, uh, massive free fall themselves. It does feel like we're starting to see some of those other contenders in the West start to fall off the pace, which is why these games get frustrating. Um, because like you just, you just have to um, find a way to close that out. Yeah, Mike, that second, I think it was the it was the first goal, the Middlestead goal that um, snuck through under the arm. And that's been a spot that Gustafson has uh, struggled with um, as well. And so it's that, that has just been a constant pretty much all season um, for Gus Bus is that there just have been some spots that he is pretty consistently beatable um, when the other team gets things going. Swiffer T, Wet Jet Mop, Chisholm looked real good on the power play. Second unit actually looked dangerous. Um, I ironically was just about to tweet that the four-minute power play that Jake Middleton drew because he got high-sticked and there was blood 
was just about to tweet out that that looked pretty bad because <laughs> the Wild were not able to get organized. They spent most of the four minutes on their end of the ice just trying to kind of get themselves together. And then all of a sudden, as I'm typing away at my keyboard, I look up and Declan Chisholm um, fired one in. And that ended up being your uh, your go-ahead goal. Most of the shifts, Rossi looks like he was a one-man line out there. Uh, Johansson skated a little bit more and threw a couple of pucks at the net. Yeah, this was a really... This is a quiet game for uh, for Zuccarello here tonight too, um, which I I just I continue to be of the belief that I think we need to try something different with that second line because as Denny notes, Denny joining us here this evening. Um, let's let's go into the stats. Let's go to our uh, cardio award of the night. Um, Marcus Johansson, 16 minutes, 29 seconds. Now, two minutes, 33 seconds of that was on the power play. And I do want to give credit where credit's due. Johansson was able to get the puck, win a puck battle, and get it out to Chisholm for the go-ahead goal. But beyond that, again, you just don't really see a lot. Yes, he did throw a couple of pucks at the net while he was out there, but... um, it, it, we we see that as kind of the upgrade after what we've seen the last couple of games in which it just really hasn't been a ton. I would like to see somebody that just, I guess, shoots a little more consistently with Rossi because Rossi gets to the net. That's his default spot. And so if you can have somebody from one side or the other that shoots it so that Rossi can take advantage, bury some rebounds, um, I feel like that would be a better look for that unit, but we just continue to uh, we continue to see that uh, line combination um, out there. Trav joining us tonight. Uh, Chisholm looked Chisholm looked good. Trav, I I thought he did a good job of just being decisive, which it feels. I kind of shake my head that that is how far we've come that we're just looking for uh third pairing defenseman to be decisive with the puck to like, there were a couple of instances in which the puck was just kind of just, just flowing out there and Chisholm actually stepped up to try to make a play. He, he skates pretty well too. So I, I liked what we saw from him. I just would love to see him get that second power play opportunity for the rest of the season. Like we don't need to we don't need to mix in any of those other guys to take that spot. Like just just give him the opportunity and like Faber, let him develop into it. As he gets more comfortable, you're going to see more um of what he has to offer. That's that's all I'm asking at this point is to just continue to uh to continue to get those opportunities. Denny's right on here. Adam Beckman, it feels like would have been a a good player to have in that spot on that line. And maybe that's not a spot that he ultimately 
fits in on. But you know what he does? He shoots the puck, which it just feels like is something that that second line is kind of missing right now. Um, now, Zuccarello does give you that. But, again, he just he just had a, a quiet one here tonight. Did finish with four shots on net in 17 minutes, but um, for a large majority of the game, just didn't really have anything going on until the uh, the final period when he really, I think, started to uh, kick it in gear. So looking at, let's look at what happened in the West because the Wilds got one point tonight and most of the other Western Conference contenders played. The Nashville Predators beat St. Louis 5-2. to two. Calgary got ripped 5 nothing, and there was one other one. Los Angeles Kings beat Boston 5-4 to in overtime. Edmonton beat Dallas 4-3. to But again, as we stand right now, Los Angeles Kings with 62 points are your first wild card. St. Louis with 60 points is your second wild card. Then it's Nashville at 58. The Wild and Seattle at 56, although trending in different directions. The Wild 7-2-1 in their last 10. The Kraken are 4-5-1. And And then Calgary at 55. And honestly, I think at this point, Arizona is probably, unless they go on just a, a massive heater, I think they've kind of played themselves out of serious contention at this point. So it's it's probably Calgary, Seattle, Minnesota, and Nashville trying to leapfrog St. Louis and the Los Angeles Kings. Now, for the Minnesota Wilds, this next seven-game stretch, this is this is the end-all, be-all. This next seven-game stretch is going to be the one that decides it. Winnipeg on, or Vancouver on Monday, Winnipeg Tuesday, Edmonton Friday, Seattle on Saturday, Carolina on Tuesday, and then Nashville on Thursday and St. Louis on Saturday. That seven-game stretch is the season. That is, that's it. If you win those games, then you probably put yourself in a pretty good situation. But if you don't, then you're going to be you're going to be selling at the deadline because you'll have fallen too far back to put it together in a month. So that's, that's kind of where things are at in the West. Will joining us tonight. Who does Mason Shaw fill in for? You know, this is a good question. And I think at this point, it's probably trending towards Jake Lucchini. I think Vinny Letary is still fresh enough off of his injury to where he um, he's still going to get some games to uh, to get himself acclimated. I just don't see a situation in which Connor Dewar or Brandon Duhame come out of the lineup. Duhame had a couple of um, breakaway opportunities in this one. So I would say probably Lucchini at this point. 
Okay. We'll see you Monday then. Um, I would say it's probably Lucini that comes out. So I would be fine with putting Mason Shaw in and uh, see how things go. Denny, thanks for checking in. We will see you uh, on Monday for uh, for Monday's postcast. Hope you feel better. Um, and uh, we will chat with you on Monday. It is a tough stretch. I'm calling it the significant seven. Um, that's that's about the best I could come up with for those seven games. I'm calling it the significant seven for the Minnesota Wild. And I mean, if you go five and two, six and one, I feel like you feel really good about where you're at. But if you have like a two and five stretch or three and four, then you just, you really, I I don't know. I wouldn't really feel great about my prospects of turning this into a, a real push. You're you're just going to be fighting an uphill battle. The, uh, the rest of the season, uh, final one, I think, that we'll go through here uh, for this one. Um, then we'll probably do a little longer postcast on Monday since it's a one o'clock start. Um, what the view is from the press box. So it's, I, I like it because it's, it's a little higher up and you're, you're almost out over the ice. So it gives you a real good opportunity to just see everything that's happening as opposed to one side or the other. Um, and it gives you an, an easier opportunity to kind of see the overhead view of the action, which as somebody that covers the team makes it a lot easier to try to determine who has the puck when and, uh, you know, who's who's doing what and who's not doing the other thing. So it's, it's fun to uh, just take the game in from up here, but we like there to be a few more wins. Um, than there have been so far this season. So next up for the Minnesota Wilds is Vancouver on Monday. And the Canucks are obviously the toast of the Western Conference. They got 80 points. They're 7-1-2 in their last 10. They've won three in a row. The Wild have been able to play them relatively close over the course of the season. Uh, The matchups, I think, have mostly been within a goal and Vancouver actually plays the Winnipeg Jets this evening. So that uh, will be a fun test for the Vancouver Canucks against the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, the it was 2 to 1 in a shootout back in December. The Wild won that game but then the Canucks won the first matchup of the series 2-0. That was the Casey DeSmith shutout. Um that that was the uh, that was another one of those frustrating. How can we not get a goal past this goalie type games? And so uh, it'll be a tough one for the Minnesota Wilds. That seven game stretch is everything. I'm going to keep saying it until people get tired of hearing it. That seven game stretch coming up is that's the key. So if the Wild do well, then I think they should feel good about where they're at right now. If not, then just just like the rest of the season, it's uh, it's going to be full uphill climb at uh, at this point. 
So that is about all I have for <laughs> what if they actually put a shooter on that second line with two passers? Maybe we'll feel about that line like we do about that first line. Um, it would be nice to see it happen, but I, I don't know. Maybe with the fact that there was some line tweaking going on throughout the course of the game, maybe we see some line tweaks for Monday. Uh, the team is practicing tomorrow. Heinz uh, talking about that after the game. There will be a practice tomorrow, which I think is a good thing after a game like this. And it's to gear up for a big one on Monday. So that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Make sure to hit that like button before you head out for the evening. We'll have you covered on Monday as well. So fear not. We'll have Monday's game covered for you, and uh, we'll see what happens between now and then. Enjoy the uh, rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll be ready for Monday's game against Vancouver. You can find new episodes of Locked on Wilds by subscribing on either YouTube or your favorite podcast platforms. And uh, we'll catch you Monday for another edition of Locked on Wild. You can find all of our contents as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.